Welcome to another episode of the Heartland Franchise Guy, your insider's guide to all things franchising in the local area. I'm Blake Martin, local small business franchise owner and your Heartland Franchise Guy. This is the place for advocacy, education, and resources on all things franchising and a great place for entrepreneurs who are looking to learn more about the franchising industry. Our guest today is serial entrepreneur Carol Sprunk. Thanks for joining us, Carol. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So serial. I'm not even going to try. I looked at, I had my notes, but can you go down the list of the businesses that you currently own? Oh my gosh. Um, and don't forget the book. Oh, well, the book isn't like a business, but um, Edge Magazine and Dine Magazine are probably the two uh, that, that most people know about locally in Omaha anyway. Um, Clout Coffee is is my uh, business coming up on four years now. Next month will be four years. Wow. Four um, years already. I know. It's crazy. And a published author as of December 2020. And the title of that is? Seed Money from Doubt to Clout. From Doubt to Clout. Mm-hmm. Thank you for giving me my segue. <laughs> yes. The reason I asked you to be here today, as you know, you're not in the franchising industry. Well, at least not yet. Who knows? Right. But but your story as a female entrepreneur who's persevered is relevant to anybody in any kind of business ownership. And I think the title of your book really says it very well. Yeah. Uh, from doubt to clout. And by the way, nice job tying in the clout coffee business. <laughs> <laughs> well, and even on the cover in the tree is little coffee beans. So yeah. I tied it in in more ways than one. Good thinking. You had a good yeah. marketing team there. Nice. Exactly. So you have... You've experienced quite a lot of success in recent years with businesses, but going back to the title of that book, you came from pretty humble beginnings, and you've had some struggles. Yeah, yeah. I um, I overcame a lot of adversity, and success is a weird um, word because I think it changes every day, the meaning of it. Like some days success is getting through your emails, and another day <laughs> success is starting a company, so... It's, I don't know, that's just a different word to me. Uh, But yes, it's uh, the book. um, I actually, I wanted it to be a business book. I wanted it to be a book about success. And then I I really struggled a lot with imposter syndrome. And I didn't feel like I could write that book just yet. So um, I wrote a memoir. And I thought the, the best start to my publishing journey maybe would be to share with people where I came from. And what I overcame and went through and how I got to where I'm at. Let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah. (laughs) How did it all, the first business, how did it all start? Um, The first business. um, Well, I I don't know what we would call the first business. I mean, (laughs) I did some daycare as a kid and I, um, uh, you know, lemonade stands and, and different fundraisers for the schools. And I think that that's what sort of started that journey because it, it showed me that I was hungry for, for more. I always wanted to be at the top of the list for the kid that could raise the most money for something. Um, so that was probably like the, the start to it all, um, along the way, having some, uh, children, uh, my first son had a, uh, peanut allergy and, and that was a lot of years ago and, and no daycare would, would take him. So I, 
uh, still needed to make money. So I opened an in-house daycare and I did that. I was a state licensed daycare provider for several years. And um, that led to having a cleaning business, um, which led to owning a magazine, which led to founding a coffee roastery. Because that all makes sense, right? <laughs> <laughs> what What is the, is there a common thread? So you've got very different businesses in different mm-hmm. categories, uh, all the way back to the daycare. But is there a common thread, a consistency across the businesses that you've owned or currently own? You know, I was thinking about that when you sent the questions over and I was trying to find like the common denominator and I don't. I don't know that there is one. It, I think that they're all um, just opportunities at the right time, given my current circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, I managed a private label for another company, and that's that's what really got me interested in, in could I form my own brand of product. Okay. And I think that the um, what what drives me behind that is build it now, and then it will work for you later. So I, I think that the common denominator lately has been what can I build that won't always need me, but it could still provide for me. Hence your ability to own multiple businesses mm-hmm. and not go completely crazy. Right, right. And and in the book, the, the title of the book, Seed Money, was really about more like what my long-term goal would be. and mm-hmm. And I think that... Once I hit a, a certain point, anytime I have the opportunity to try to help somebody else with that uh, idea of business ownership, uh, which is why I like the, the children's business fair so much, um, that's going on again this year. The, um, the idea to, to take a certain amount of success and be able to help bring the next person kind of up the ladder mm-hmm. is, is a goal of mine, big goal. And that was a big part of why you took the time and the energy to write the book. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a a very like cathartic process. Actually, I uh, used to sort of dwell around in my past so much. I mean, I, I came from a pretty troubled home and, and uh, drugs and alcohol and violence were, were common when I was a child. And ever since that book has been published, it's, it's like a a big weight off of my shoulders. It feels really good. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. Did you, did you notice that right away? No. Um, while I was writing the stories, it put me in a very different headspace. It was like going back. And I, I learned things about myself and about my family and certain circumstances that <clears throat> I'd maybe not looked at from an adult perspective. And so it was just, it was an interesting process and it felt really good. And at the end of the day, I just wanted my children to be able to know what my story was in case they don't have the opportunity to learn because that was my situation. My grandparents who raised me passed away when I was 20 and 22 and then my mom passed away when I was 31. So I didn't get the opportunity as an adult to ask questions and I thought I should Leave that there for my children. That is really cool. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah. What a fantastic way to leave a legacy of advice. 
Yeah, or what not to do. <laughs> <laughs> Advice can be either what to do or what not to do, yeah. right? Yeah, for sure. I'll use that as another segue, what not to do. Um, advice you would give to female aspiring entrepreneurs that are doubting themselves. Uh, like, first of all, I would just say, like, stop that. That's not. <laughs> um, I could have said that, Carol. Come yeah, on. <laughs> exactly. Um, I think that if if it's something that keeps you up at night and it's something that that uh, you can't stop thinking about, then you absolutely shouldn't. And you should just go and put yourself around people who will encourage you to do that because there's so many people that will tell you you can't do it. And so many people think that they're protecting you and, and telling you to, you know, that's too big of a dream to have or whatever. And it's all, that's their own perspective. So, Who told you that you can't do it? Oh, well, gosh, a lot of people. <laughs> I've had previous employers tell me that I would fail. Um, all kinds of stuff. It's really like um, <clears throat> adding some fuel to the fire, though. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I like being told I can't do something. So I turn around and do it two times. Yeah. Yeah. That's your motivator? Uh-huh. Yeah. What else motivates you? Um, giving my kids a little bit of a different life than what I had. Because I think it, it's like a trickle effect. If I can provide better and do better for my children, how much better do they do for their own kids? And if you could just increase a little bit generation over generation, you can you can have a completely different family history. I like the way you think forward. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fail forward, right? <laughs> Fail forward. That's a very good one. I agree with that mm-hmm. entirely. How do you decide on what the next business is going to be? Um, I think it's timing and what complements your other businesses or what um, what you're passionate about. And like to your point of, of like franchising, if if you don't wake up every day excited about it, then that that's probably not the right fit so and what excites you when you're 25 will be different from when you're 50 or um you have a new group of friends you hang around and they have different interests that start to pique your interest so it it, like what you're interested in now may not be the same case in five years or 10 years and what books you read and what um what you fill your days with yeah Mm -hmm. yeah opposite side of that same question so owning a number of businesses at a certain point you have to start letting go a little bit right and let, mm-hmm. let the business run itself or bring people in who yeah how do you do that i mean it sounds like every business that you have a passion for yeah. that business right mm-hmm. and then at a certain point you know at least intellectually <laughs> that i have to give up some control of this is that hard for you to do no and do you have a method for that <laughs> no i i don't <laughs> i don't mind help at all like i some people are very, very much um, want to do it all themselves. It, it's not the best use of your time. And my goal, like I love building a team. I love building a team of people around me who are good and efficient at what they do. And I know where my strengths are and I know where my weaknesses are. And I want to find people that can fill in my weaknesses and 
Uh, they're, they're good at the things I'm not. And, and at the end of the day, we, we bring something different to the table. And so it's a complete meal. And I never wanted to be the one like that, that does it all myself. Yeah. I, I could tell because you didn't hesitate answering that question. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Well, so like with cloud, uh, I've, I've been fortunate enough over the last few months to bring help on and, I can't tell you how amazing it is to not have to wear every hat every day. Uh-huh. It's you kind of look around going, maybe I could start another business, <laughs> <laughs> which is a little dangerous to think about, but um, it's the truth is there. I, I think you build something, you get it up and running. There's people who are great at starting and people who are great at finishing and you need both to do anything. What are you excited about right now? Right now. That question was Did that sound like a psychologist question, by the Um, way? What are you excited about now? (laughs) Let's see here. What am I excited about? The upcoming anniversary for Clout. um, We're working on a... I'm doing another, like, local business collaboration, and we're working on a whiskey-infused donut that... Oh, we'll have okay. to stop the bus. Risky infused donut. <laughs> yeah. Um, I could probably say it on here, but uh, Square Donut and I are, so Elizabeth and I are, are, she agreed to kind of put together something for the anniversary, like open house. And I'm all about this. I'm all about these donuts. I haven't even tried one yet. So <laughs> maybe next week, I think. But I'm excited about that because. Statistics show that a lot of businesses don't make it so many years. So coming up on four is exciting, but it comes with its own challenges because, you know, you want to do better every year and better comes with a different level of education and a different cost and a different set of rules, you know, and it's, it's just a completely different course to take. You're a deep thinker. (laughs) I feel like I'm out of my league with you on my show. Oh, no, no, no. No, not at all. Let me go back to advice. Mm -hmm. We talked about advice that you would give to aspiring wannabe female entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. What advice would you give to the people who doubted you? Um, You should be careful who you doubt. <laughs> uh, and you never know who will come out and surprise you. I also think that for some of the people specifically that didn't think I could do something or doubted me as a leader now and, and trying to grow my own team of people, I look for passion more than skill because mm-hmm. I think skill can always be trained in people. But I always brought passion to the table in anything I did. And I always brought uh, work ethic and uh, grit and perseverance. And if that way doesn't work, how else can we do it? Problem solving. Mm-hmm. So if I think if you're going to doubt somebody, uh, really look at some of the characteristics that they have. And is are they maybe just not in the right position for that, for it maybe a different position in that company for a job maybe like somebody could be on your team and in a completely bad role for them and it doesn't make them a bad team member it's just not the right 
space for them. So I think if you're going to doubt people, you should really consider what characteristics they have and where they might best fit. Yeah. Is that going to be the title of your next book? Uh, I, I've been thinking about playing around with the word seed money again, but just changing it maybe like from clout to, I don't know, something else. Tell me more about the seed money. That was an important part of getting Mm -hmm. things going. Yeah. So when I, um, was able to purchase edge magazine from the founder, um, we, we had a lot of work to do to kind of rebuild the brand and, and I wanted to add some different things and different focus, but it was, it was doing well enough. And financially that's what allowed me to start clout coffee. It was, it was profits from one company that afforded me the opportunity. I also, you know, was still working my cleaning business and I still had a day job on top of all of that. So I learned, I think, just from watching my mom and my stepdad and my grandparents that all had kind of like one job mm-hmm. that that always scared me because if your one source of, source of revenue goes away, what is your backup plan? Yeah. So I think seed money, you know, if, if you are fortunate enough uh, and you financially get ahead in a few areas of your life, what can you do with that to create new revenue, mm-hmm. new opportunities? And that's that's been the focus, you know, is is how can we take this and, and 10x it? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you read a lot of books Yeah. in addition to yours? Yeah. <laughs> you have some favorites? Um, yeah, I liked... Uh, Crushing it with Gary Vaynerchuk a lot. That was very inspirational. Um, I like uh, books about habit and psychology behind buying and, um, you know, your mental health and and being in the right mindset and motivational, things like that. I just got the book, a, a recommendation from a friend, and it just showed up yesterday, The Gap and the Gain. And it's supposed to be about high achievers and the, I know I'll botch the word, but I think it's called the hedonic treadmill. Was I talking to you about this maybe already? I I don't think so. So there's like four internal triggers that you can have that would uh, distract you essentially. And one of them was referred to, I think, as hedonic adaptogen, meaning that as soon as you set the bar and you achieve it, you set the bar again. You're just never really, you don't, you don't live in the moment of, you know, I achieved my goal. You just quickly move to the next goal. And that was kind of the conversation with this friend was my 20 year high school reunion is coming up. And I said, I don't know if I like did everything that I thought I was going to do or that I should have done. And they instantly said, well, did you have a specific goal you wanted to meet? And I was like, no, I was working at Pizza Hut when when (laughs) high school got out. Um, I think my only goal at that time was what was I going to do that weekend? Right. And they, this, this friend recommended this book because they said it's, it's common for people who are entrepreneurs or high achievers to never, celebrate 
their wins because then they just set a new goal and they just, they're never, (laughs) they're never winning. Yeah. And so I'm excited to read that book. Interesting. Just got it though. So yeah, no, that's a new one to me. I'm, I'm, I'm going to listen to the recording of this. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You can borrow the book. Well, thank you very much. Yeah. Appreciate that. What else should we know about Carol? Hmm. I don't know. We just did a story on you in Edge Magazine. We could talk about that. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds way too self-serving, but thank you. I will say this. Mm -hmm. It was a phenomenal process. Mm -hmm. And it was clear that you, your team had a set process for how to get the right story, Mm -hmm. right? From, in my case, somebody who is way too busy and going in a million directions, but the end product really represented what I had hoped it would represent in a pretty unique way. So for somebody who appreciates process being in franchising, uh, I identified real quickly that you guys have a, you have a system down Mm -hmm. for how to get um, a unique, interesting story. So thank you for that. Yeah, you bet. That's, that's kind of the um, passion behind those publications is being able to share people's stories because um, you have children, right? Yes. Okay, so in 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, when they're looking through your stuff and they're sharing it with their kids and on and on, they're talking about, like, that's that's part of your history now. It's mm-hmm. it's in print. So that's what's exciting. Um, having a previous background in newspaper, I never really had an appreciation for the looking back section until... Um, I subscribed to my old hometown newspaper and I just was like, you know, I guess it's been about that many years since I was there. So I was looking through the looking back section and every once in a while, my grandpa's name is in that Really, and it makes me proud. Yeah. So that's, that's history, you know, and it's being published again, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years later. That is really, I I was going to say unique. Maybe it's not unique, but that's, that's kind of inspiring. Yeah. Yeah, so he was, you know, I I can't ask him questions now about his life and things that he went through, but I can still sometimes read about it in the newspaper. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's it's a it's a living history as you said. Yes. It documents all kinds of things, so it should never go away. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Speaking of documenting, let's talk about we've got a couple of different businesses here, but the best way for people to get a hold of you, whether it's for Clout or for Dine or for for Edge, should they just Google your businesses? Yeah, my uh, my emails and phone numbers are all over the place. I'm so easily <laughs> accessible right now. Um, yeah, email's great, and uh, I'm on LinkedIn and and Instagram and Facebook and TikTok and <laughs> all of the above. <laughs> yeah. yeah, which is a great segue for a strong ending because if anybody uh, wants to learn more about Carol's businesses, just scan the QR code that you're going to see on the recording here and uh, we can get you directly in touch with her. Speaking of the QR code, scan that, of course, in order to subscribe or follow or share episodes of the Heartland Franchise Guy. Carol Sprunk, multiple business owner and serial entrepreneur. Thank you so much for joining us today and sharing with us. Thank you for having me. This has been a blast. (laughs) We appreciate it. 
And we appreciate all of you joining us here today for another episode of the Heartland Franchise Guy. Thanks so much. We'll see you on another episode here very soon. Mm-hmm.